today is a very special day. It's someone's birthday. She is 1,987 years old, give or take a year or two. Uh, and her birthday moves. Her birthday is always 50 days after Easter. Of course, who I'm talking about is the Christian church. Today is the birthday of the Christian church. And so I assume that you're going to go home and have your Pentecost parties, right? You're going to exchange your gifts and your Pentecost cards. You're going to put on your, your finest red outfits and you're going to take your pictures and put them on social media with hashtags like hashtag fired up, right? Hashtag spirit filled, right? You laugh. No? I'm going to make the argument today that you probably should. Because today is an incredibly important day. If today didn't happen, this, this day that we commemorate, that, that first Pentecost where Jesus poured out his Holy Spirit on those disciples, if that had not happened, you would not be sitting here today. Christianity might have died out within a generation or two. This day is incredibly important. Think about it. 1,987 years later, give or take a year or two, Billions of Christians later, here we are, still hearing that message of the gospel. Still with that message of a Savior crucified and risen and descended for your peace and your hope and your forgiveness and your life now and forever. This day is incredibly important. And you think about that first Pentecost, right? How, how that all came about. Uh, it, it, it's in Acts chapter 2. We read that as our first lesson this morning, when that happened. But right before that, Acts chapter 1, we read that lesson last week for the Festival of Ascension. Jesus ascends into heaven. The disciples are standing there looking up into the sky, wondering, now what? The angels come and say, what are you doing looking up into the sky? Go into Jerusalem and wait there. The Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to clothe you with power. And then the Bible tells us what happens in between the Ascension and this day of Pentecost. The disciples spend those 10 days in prayer. And they choose an apostle to replace Judas. That's it. They choose an apostle and they pray. But then everything changes. Right? We heard it in that lesson from Acts 2. They are in the room together where Jesus told them to be. And there's a sound like a violent wind. And then little tongues of fire appear on each one of their heads. And then they're able to speak in all sorts of other languages without ever having to study them, without ever having to, to get some Rosetta Stone materials to learn how to speak in another language. They just, they do it miraculously. And everyone there in Jerusalem, there for that festival of Pentecost, that Jewish festival, hears these disciples speaking the gospel in their own languages. What a miracle. And the rest is history. From there, the gospel would spread throughout the entire world to today. This event was even prophesied about. That very day was prophesied about 800 years before it even happened. That's what our lesson from Joel is about 
this morning. It's, it's printed out for you in the service folder there by the sermon. It will also be here on the screen. Follow along as I read. It's just two verses. Joel prophesies through the Spirit. He says, And afterward I will, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. These words were fulfilled on that first Pentecost as Jesus poured out his Holy Spirit. He poured it out on them and they went out and they prophesied. And the people who heard that, they went home and told their families. And then their, 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 their children went the next generation and told their children. And just think about how that happened that over 2,000 years to where we are today. All started on that day of Pentecost with that outpouring of that Holy Spirit. Do you see why this day is so important? Do you see why you should go home and have a Pentecost party? Because this changes absolutely everything for us, doesn't it? But why don't we get a little more excited about Pentecost? Hey, why is this just another day to many of us? If God would come here today and do what he did on that first Pentecost, would you be a little more excited? Right? That's not the sound of a rushing violent wind. That's just our fan from our air conditioner. But if you heard this violent wind, and all of a sudden there were little tongues of fire on each one of our heads as we looked around this room, if all of a sudden every one of us was speaking in a different language that we had never studied before, just miraculously able to be completely fluent in another language, we'd be pretty fired up, wouldn't we? We'd be pretty excited. And I guarantee when people heard about it, coronavirus or not, this building would be full. <laughs> It'd be standing room only. There'd be people lined up and down Ray Road just trying to get in and find out what's going on, excited about, about how God was working here. But that's not the way God works. I've never seen tongues of fire on any of your heads as I stand up here. I've never been able to speak in another language without putting years and years of study into it first. And so is that where we lose the excitement because we want to see these big acts of power from our God? Because instead, what is it? What do we see? What do we experience? You come here and you participate in a service much like you have thousands of times before. Sing the same songs. Listen to the same lessons. Do the same thing over and over and over and it just becomes kind of mundane. Ho-hum. Ordinary. And that's not what we want, right? We want the extraordinary, right? We don't want the ordinary. We want to be amazed. We want to see God unleash his power and see it in this world, don't we? Because we know God can, right? We believe that. We believe God is all-powerful. If God wanted to make tongues of fire appear on our head today, he could do it. If God wanted us to all speak in different languages miraculously, he could do that, right? Yeah, you believe that. But maybe, maybe more than that, you long for something else from God. Maybe you're not thinking, I, I don't need all those things. You know what I need? I need help. Because God, I know you're powerful enough to do those kinds of things. I know you're pow powerful enough to give me a little more money. 
and to make me feel a little better and to bring my loved one back from the grave. If you wanted to, you could do that. Or God, you could stop all of this evil and violence and racism and all of these terrible things that we see going on in our world. God, you could stop those if you wanted, but you don't. We want to see the extraordinary from God, don't we? We want to see his power. We want to see his might. That would be exciting, wouldn't it? There we'd find true purpose. There we'd find real faith and real hope. But friends, that's not the way God chooses to work today, is it? Very often it's not in these big, dramatic, miraculous events. But that doesn't mean God is not working. That doesn't mean that God is not present. That doesn't mean that God doesn't care about you and love you. Because he still continues to give you what you need. More than a little bit more money. More than better health. More than bringing your loved one back from the grave. Yes, even more than world peace. God gives you his Holy Spirit. And yes, not in the miraculous ways that you see on that first Pentecost, but really in even a more amazing way. Maybe even in more of a miraculous way, God chooses to work through the ordinary. God chooses to work through the simple, like water in baptism, or bread and wine in the Lord's Supper. Or through words being spoken and heard. God still does his powerful work and pours out his Holy Spirit on his people through his convicting and convincing and comforting and life-changing and eternity-altering word. What we hear here from the prophet Joel was fulfilled on that day of Pentecost, but it didn't stop that day. Because that was just the beginning of that dam being broken. And that continues to flow today. That power of the Holy Spirit still continues to come to God's people through his word. When Joel writes that, I, uh, is led by the Spirit to write, I will pour out my spirit on all people. That word for pour is not just like a little drizzle. It is an absolute, just a flood. A flood that just continues. And that's what God promises you. I, I mean, you'd probably be okay with just a little mist of God's favor and blessings. But God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit and all these blessings on you as much as you want, as much as you need. God will never, ever hold back the blessings that he promises. If you're feeling guilty about things that you've done in your past and you are just overcome by regret and shame for the things you've done and you need to have that peace that I am forgiven, that all of those sins are paid for at the cross, that there's nothing that separates me from my God. It's yours. Hear the gospel again. You are forgiven and you are loved. You are his now and forever. Friends, if you need strength and patience to deal with the struggles of this life, it's yours. A divine strength, a divine patience that only comes 
through his word and his promises that he is with you and he will not forsake you and that all things work for the good of those who love him. And friends, if you need more kindness and more self-control and more gentleness and all of those other fruits of the spirit, they're yours in great abundance. God will never hold those back from you. He says, I will pour out my spirit generously and abundantly and richly upon my people. It is yours, but nowhere to find it. You find the Spirit's work in word and sacrament. There is where he works. There's the miracle. As he comes to you and speaks to you and fills you with all these blessings. Think about how amazing this is. Right? And, and how this word of God is not something you have to go search for, but it's, it's so accessible to you, isn't it? Just think about how blessed we are. Right? The Old Testament prophets would have loved to know what we know. Right? They just got little, little glimpses. Right? I like to picture they got, they got pieces of the puzzle. We get to see the whole puzzle put together. Hindsight is twenty twenty. We have that. We see it all. Right From the Garden of Eden all the way to, to Calvary, to the tomb. We even have visions of what's to come in the future. We have it all. And this word is right here. It's so accessible to us. Take, take the people 2,000 years ago at Jesus' time and, and past. They had the Old Testament scriptures written down on scrolls, but those were kept at the synagogue. You didn't have copies of those at home. Right? And they didn't have the New Testament. Right? Jesus' life and death and resurrection, all of his miracles and, and all of his teachings, all of that, that they weren't written down yet. And they were living the New Testament, the book of Acts, and, and everything going on in those letters of, of, of Paul and Peter and others. Right? We have it all. We have the Word of God in our hands. And it's right here, right? You, it's literally at your fingertips, isn't it? If you've got a smartphone, you can pull up the Bible on your phone. You can have it talk to you. You can speak it to you. Bibles are all over. We give Bibles away here. Right? The word of God is so accessible to us. God wants to pour out his spirit on you. And you don't have to wait for it like those disciples had to wait in Jerusalem for that spirit to come. You don't have to get it just when you come and sit here for an hour on Sunday morning. No. God desires to pour out his spirit on you as much as you need it, as much as you want it. These blessings are yours through word and through sacrament. Friends, if this does not make you see just how amazing this event of Pentecost is, I mean, if this is still just mundane to you, if this is just ho-hum and ordinary, and this doesn't change you, and you're, you're not convinced yet that you should go home and have a Pentecost party, well, look at it this way. When Peter, or, I'm sorry, when, when Joel writes that I will pour out my spirit on all people. The word there for people in the Hebrew, in the original, is really the word flesh. And almost always when the Bible talks about flesh, it's referring to sinful flesh. God says, I will pour out my spirit on sinners. Sinners who don't deserve anything from me. Sinners who I should cast away from my presence forever. 
sinners who know my word and yet do whatever they want. Sinners who deserve what they have coming to them. Punishment, but that is not how God treats us. Instead, he says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Yes, it's all grace, it's all mercy, it's all what has been done for you that this is possible for you. Be amazed at the grace of God that says, I long to make you mine. I long for you to have these blessings where God leaves heaven and comes to earth to make it possible for you. Because you cannot go to him, and by nature, you don't care to go to him. He must come to you, and that is exactly what he does. So that he can pour out his Holy Spirit upon you and make you his very own. And friends, if that still does not convince you that this is just incredible, if this is still just ordinary to you, well then, look at what impact this has on you. God says here through Joel that I pour out my spirit on my people so that they can go and prophesy. You've got a job to do. God has called you to be a prophet. That is one of the reasons he's poured out that spirit upon you. To be like those disciples who had that spirit poured out upon them and, and they went and spread that gospel through the entire world. You think of some of the Old Testament prophets. Uh, maybe uh, think of people like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Daniel, right? If I asked you, I quizzed you, you could probably name a whole bunch of them, right? Just open your Bible and look at the names of a lot of the Old Testament books. They're named after the, the people who, who said those things by God's, God's uh, providence. You know, often when we think about those prophets, we think about them foretelling future events. Things that are still to come. Things, things that, are, that will happen. And, and that's true. A prophet does do that sometimes. But really the, the, the title prophet, what that really means to be a prophet is you simply share a message you've been given. Those prophets in the Old Testament received that word from God and then they shared it with the people. That's simply what a prophet is. And prophets don't choose to be prophets. Right? There's, there's not a single prophet in the Old Testament who said, yeah, when I grow up, I'm going to be a prophet. It, it, it wasn't a career choice <laughs> that you had. They were chosen by God. You, you think about guys like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Moses and Amos. Right? The stories are in the Bible of how God came to them and chose them to go and be a prophet. And the same is true for you. God chooses you. God could have chosen so many other ways to get the gospel out, but he chooses you. He pours out his Holy Spirit upon you, his people, so that you can prophesy. And, and, I, and I stand by that the job that we have to do is way easier than what those Old Testament prophets had to do. Many of them, their, their lives were in danger for the messages that they came to preach. We, thankfully, in our country today, probably don't have to face that, right? And we get to see the whole picture. We, again, we know how this all happens, right? They, again, were looking forward. They just got glimpses, but we see it all. 
And every single one of us has had that spirit poured out on us, and every single one of us has been made a prophet. It doesn't matter who, right? Here, the prophet Joel says, men and women and children, sons and daughters, old men, young men. Just think about how this looks in our lives. Women serve as teachers in our Christian schools. And every day they get to share the word of Jesus with the students in their seats. We have here four women who serve in our Sunday school, who get to share God's word with our children. Women as mothers and wives get to share that word of God, be prophets in their own home with their families. Men become pastors and evangelists and teachers to share God's word with God's people. Husbands and fathers get to be prophets to their families. And even children, even children get to share what they know. And don't undercut what they do know. Do you realize that if a 10-year-old today could talk to Abraham or Moses or David, they could really enlighten them on a lot of things? Just imagine David sitting and listening intently to a 10-year-old talk about what happened in Bethlehem and what happened on Calvary and, and how those women went to that tomb that Easter Sunday morning and it was empty, right? Just imagine the amazement at, on David's face as he's having this explained to him by a child. Friends, God has poured out his spirit on his people, on all of his people, and he has equipped, equipped every one of us to prophesy, to point to Jesus, to point to the Savior of the world. You know, there was one time in Israelite history where there were two men going through the camp and, and prophesying. And, and Joshua goes to Moses and says, Moses, tell these guys to stop prophesying. And, and Moses' response is interesting. He doesn't say, he doesn't go to them and say, guys, come on, I'm the prophet here, you knock it off. No, you know what he said to them? He said, I wish all the people were prophets. I wish that God would pour out his spirit on all of them. Moses, your wish has come true. God has poured out his spirit on his people and he has made all of us to be his prophets. Friends, do you see how important this Pentecost is? I hope by now you're convinced to go home and have that Pentecost party. Because is there anything more worth our time? Is there anything more worth our efforts and our resources? Is there anything more that we should get excited about? I mean, if this does not fire us up, if this does not get, excite, get us excited to know how the Spirit works and that today, right here, the Spirit is being poured out upon you. And not just today, but every day you open up his word. That the Spirit is coming to equip you and to encourage you and to comfort you and to convict you and to forgive you. And to set your sights on what's most important in this life and also on what's to come. If this word of God through which the Spirit works does not change you, I mean, I don't know what's going to. 
And if that's the case, if it's still uh, ordinary, mundane, ho-hum, it's time to repent. And pray as we did in our prayer of the day that goes up all the way back to the second century. Holy Spirit, rekindle in our hearts the fire of your love and with this faith to go and tell abroad Jesus Christ as Savior. Because friends, our world needs it. Just look at what's going on in our world. There are so many people afraid. There are so many people that are hurting and so many people who are angry. So many people that are broken. And it's here. It's here in the gospel that you find the healing that only God can bring. It's here you find the reconciliation that we long for. It's here that the Spirit comes and works. It's here that the Spirit wants to reach more people with the gospel. Pour out your Spirit on us, Lord. We need him. We long for him. Rekindle in our hearts that fire of your love so that we can go and we can show your love to the world. Amen.